Warning, although this podcast revolves around Disney, Disney movies, and Disney-related themes, we have a tendency to use mature language, which is not suitable for all ages. Discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Ocho and Ortiz Disney Podcast. On this episode, we are talking the Haunted Mansion, and we have a special guest, so stay tuned, and we'll tell you who he is in just a sec. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the Ocho and Ortiz Disney podcast is back in your life. And like I said off the top, we are talking Haunted Mansion and we are very, very proud to be joined this week by Justin Cooper, who we've known for quite a long time in our own little sort of Twitter podcast network, The Somebodies. Justin hosts Epic Tales from the Sewers, which is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast, as well as uh, Geek Life HQ Justin, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. We're always we're always happy. Thank, thanks for that. accepting my enthusiastic uh, wish to be on your show. <laughs> well, man, anybody story. A- anybody from the group or, or anybody from any other podcast that wants to join us can can feel free to message us at Ocho Ortiz Disney on Twitter or Instagram at Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod. Just shoot us a DM. We we love having different people on. Yeah. We are officially our second guest. We've had Timmy Britt on twice. We're going to be having him on again very, very soon. But you are our second guest, and I'm I'm very, very happy to say that. And we've also had Bob. Oh, right. number two. Bob, Bob was our <laughs> number three. I forgot, I forgot Bob. Bob was our first guest. Bob I was about nice. to say, how how could you forget Bob? He's like our Skipper resident Bob. Di- Skipper know, Bob, I, but he's I, also like our resident Disney, like Bob, I'm, historian, Bob, if you Bob will. You know, kill me. Bob is gonna kill me. I'm <laughs> so, just you guys see his uh, his new content's been pretty killer. Yes, yeah, you, you are our third guest, and yeah, that's, you, hey, that's cool. You hit us up in the DMs and you asked me if we were gonna be if we were gonna be doing Haunted Mansion or anything to do with the Muppets anytime soon. And I know uh, I know Josh wants to avoid the Muppets at all costs. Josh is not a Muppets fan. <laughs> I'm a huge Muppets fan. So you don't go to the Muppet 3D experience? Oh, you know what? I I go to it every time that I'm there, but I don't know what it is. It's like it's a fun it's a fun little show. It's just I think it's just maybe the Muppets tv show in general that i'm not the biggest fan of or I mean, that's I, fair yeah it, it, like, you know it's, it's been around since the 70s it seems like it's one of those things that is somewhat generational like could, my kids like it now but yeah well, know, i mean like, it, it, it could be growing up. It, it, but, but it, even before then if you if you think of all the stuff that they did on the on the jimmy dean show with with rolf before they introduced kermit and all of the other muppets but yeah mm-hmm. the muppets have been along around for a long long time yeah I mean, like, I don't I like like Dave, you said we are talking about Haunted Mansion, but I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch it. But I did watch the Haunted Mansion with the Muppets version that just got released I, as well. I just found out today that there was a Muppet version. Oh, and did I, I not? I, did I not tell you about that? No, <laughs> no. And I'm ve- I'm very. Oh, dude, nice I, I've got all that. the specifics. I've got all the spoilers on that. <laughs> one. If you need it. I, I, I watched it today. And like, I mean, that is more 
it's very different than the movie that we're going to be talking about today because that is more geared toward people who have seen the who have been on the ride. It is a much yes. more ride nostalgic movie. So there, so Dave, I don't, I, you've never been on it, correct? I haven't been on the ride. No. Yes. Okay. So, so like you might not get a lot of the things there, but watching it, Justin, you've been on the ride, right? Several times. Yes. Yes. So going, so watching that to me, it's like you're, they're just saying different things and little things are happening here and then it's just, it's hitting me. And I'm just like, it, it got me more excited for my trip again. <laughs> Yeah, but that's like, just, um, some of the phrases that they, they say are literally taken right from the script of the cast yeah, members. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Some some of the some of the things that they say are pulled exactly from it. And it's like in my head, I'm saying it with them as they're saying it <laughs> because I've just I've been on it. The thing with the Haunted Mansion, the ride itself is just it's such an iconic ride. It is one of my favorite rides. It's it's especially if you watch behind the attraction story on it. It is a ride that Walt wanted to do that it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. It got shelved a couple of times because of the New York fair that they did in 64 and 65. Yeah. They they were had people working on it, but then when when Disney specifically got brought in to work on a lot of the attractions at the World's Fair, they pulled everybody off that ride that it, it actually didn't get built until years later. And it was it was sitting dormant for a long time that that showcase show building and everything. But what they decided to do was because when they finally did decide to open it, they were smart and they built two of everything so that instead of having to like build it once and just put it into into Disneyland in California and then later on build it again and put it into Disney World in Magic Kingdom, they just built everything twice at the same time so they could open it in both parks. Because Magic Kingdom and Disney World was ramping up and stuff, so it's really cool. If you, honestly, if you haven't checked it out, behind the attraction, they talk about that one, and they just it's it's a really great show. And Dave, one year, I swear to you, I'm gonna get you to Florida with me, and we are gonna get you on these ruts. Well, yeah, when 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 there isn't a big pandemic and when I don't have don't have family stuff going oh yeah 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 of course of course <laughs> don't worry we, i promise you dave i will take you to disney one time and we will get it done oh fuck one second i just realized i, I think i did watch that episode because they, they were saying how was it a either haunted mansion or something came out like a couple years after disney had passed himself yeah so they they opened it he passed in what 67 i, I think so and same year that mary poppins came out Mm-hmm. Mary Poppins. Uh, I cannot wait to do a review on Mary Poppins. But um, you guys, you guys have to get Ash's fun nightmare for that one because oh, really? number one Mary Poppins fan that I know. Nice, nice. I mean, I have a more grant, like bigger thing in my head of how I want to do Mary Poppins. It's not just Mary Poppins. It's just kind of the story about how I think I'm gonna have to watch Saving Mr. Banks as well. Oh yeah, that's a fantastic movie. But yeah, no, um, that that episode of behind the attraction is just is fantastic i love that it, it, was, so uh, it was 66 by the way that walt disney passed in december Six, 66. 66. 66. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah yeah so he passed he passed in 66 and you know magic kingdom or disney world in general didn't open until 1971 a whole five years after he passed but uh yeah that's dave if you haven't checked it i'm telling you go not only just that that particular episode but that whole series it just it just came out a few months ago and it's it's one of my favorites. I'll definitely check it out. I mean, I've got I've got so many things 
on the go that I'm trying to watch on Disney Plus right now. <laughs> there's just, I mean, like, like, like we were saying off air, there's just so many, so many things that so many cool documentaries and stuff on Disney Plus that it's just there. There's a lot of cool stuff to, to check out on there. Yeah. And they just keep, they like keep the coming out. Ones. What's that? Yeah. Like- the obscure ones like the yes. 1970s Disney movies like the Apple Dumpling Gang and Apple Dumpling Gang Ride Again and uh, <laughs> Treasure of Montecumbe. I haven't even heard of that one. Oh, yeah. No, it's So Peter Ustinov, who did the voice of uh, Prince John. Oh, oh, you know, like he's in he, that. Speaking of the Muppets, he was in an episode of the original Muppet show. He was. Yeah. And season one. Of he was also, if I'm not mistaken, he was the old man in Logan's Run. Oh, wow. Oh, huh. OK. OK. Yeah. No, oh, it's, yeah. Uh, P- Peter Disney he, Plus is just pumping out shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not and not to mention the intellectual property that they've acquired that that's not original Disney to start with. But yeah, Justin, you hit me up at the right time because Josh and I were actually planning on reviewing Haunted Mansion last week, but some other stuff came up and we didn't get a chance to chance to record it. So when you messaged me, I'm like, yeah, we're planning on recording it in a couple of days. Feel free to come on. So yeah, you you hit me up on on, on, at the right time for that. But before we get into it, do you want to do you want to plug your own stuff, plug your shows, plug your social medias before I forget that throughout the episode? <laughs> I I honestly always forget my social media. I think Twitter is at jcoopstergold. So that's that's my Twitter, Facebook Justin Cooper, and I I don't know. I've, I've got a couple shows that, that are coming out relatively soon. I, I am still doing a Geek Life HQ. We were very lucky this past year. We, we actually got to uh, interview Jim Varney. You remember Ernest? Yeah. His, um, his nephew, we, we got to uh, interview him. That was pretty fun. Penelope Spheris, who is the director of Wayne's World and the Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, what? That was awesome. awesome. And John Rays Davies, who played Gimli from The Lord of the Rings. I got to do a, a sit-down interview with him via Zoom, and that was amazing. And past that, just like regular shenanigans that we talk about on the show. So Geek Life HQ, we, we like to talk about what's your week in geek? What's one thing that you did you know, during your week that was geeky? So... And turtles, I'm, as you can see behind me, the, the turtles. Uh, I'm I'm huge on Ninja Turtles. Um, I go through the comics on Epic Tales from the Sewers, which is my uh, my podcast where I go through the comics and I do interviews um, all about Ninja Turtle comics. And the the big one I, I had was I got to speak to the one of the co-creators, Mr. Kevin Eastman, this year. Oh, very That's nice. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, that was man. that was like. Wow. <laughs> I couldn't believe I had him for 15 minutes and, and, you know, he would have gone longer, but I was, I didn't want to push it, but it was just like, <laughs> wow. So that was, that was really fun. So, you know, yeah, and that's the love podcasting. It, it's, it's, I mean, it's been a while since I, I've heard the TMNT, but it is one that I used to wa- listen to a cool. lot. I just haven't had a chance to recently, but it's, it's definitely a good one. So any, any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans out there, Definitely, definitely check it out. Yeah, Last Ronin's out now. So I think we're looking at February 2022 for the issue five. But if if you're interested in the book at all, I actually do like a kind of like a voiced cast where I do like the characters' voices and stuff like that. You nice. can listen to issues one through four on there. Very nice. All right. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's fun. <laughs> Be sure you're checking out Justin and both Tales from the Sewer as well as Geek Life HQ. 
And as far as us, you can find us on social media at Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod and Twitter at Ocho Ortiz Disney. And of course, you can find us on most major podcasts and platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio and Podbean, Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod dot Podbean dot com. With all that good stuff out of the way, all the plugs, gentlemen, let's get into the Haunted Mansion. And this is the 2003 version with Eddie Murphy, not the not the remade Muppet version, which I, I so want to check out. But yeah, <laughs> it, it stars Eddie Murphy. And I'm I can't remember the actress that that plays his wife in this movie. But basically, I just I just looked up her too because she's like strikingly gorgeous. Yes. And, and I'm just like, who is this woman? It's a Marsha Thompson. Yeah, yeah. And I I'm trying to think. Like the whole time that I was watching the movie, she reminded me of, of another actress, but I can't think of who I can't think of the name of the actress that she reminds me of. But yeah, no, she is she is just breathtakingly gorgeous and just just yeah. uh, just a tremendous job in in this movie but basically both of both eddie murphy and, and his wife sarah is the is the name of his wife in the movie i'm trying to remember the name of eddie murphy's character jim 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 evers yes jim evers so jim and sarah evers and they're both they're both real estate agents but eddie murphy's character jim is a is a bit more of a workaholic than what his wife is and he's always looking to close the deal and and sell the next house and so the movie basically starts outside of the haunted mansion and you just see a bunch i i guess it's a kid on a bike and he's delivering a bunch of flyers for evers and evers real estate and he just drops them all on the ground at, at the Haunted Mansion and, and they fly over the ground. And, and then you cut to a scene of Eddie Murphy trying to sell a house. And he's with a couple and his wife phones and they're supposed to have they're supposed to be having dinner together because I it's either her birthday or their anniversary. I can't remember which, but they're supposed to be having a, a dinner together. And he's trying to close this house before before he goes to, to meet her for dinner. And they're hesitant. The The husband is hesitant. He's constantly trying to find excuses not to buy the house. He's saying that the house didn't have enough power outlets. And we find out that they had seen a previous house where he said that there were there was too many power outlets. And now this one doesn't have enough. So as as, as Jim is on the phone with with Sarah, he's pretending like he's having another having a conversation with another potential buyer. And so that ends up tricking the couple into actually buying the house. And so they take Eddie Murphy out to uh, out for drinks afterwards to celebrate them finally buying a house. And he's reluctant at first, again, because he's supposed to be having dinner with his wife. And so he, he has he goes to the bar, he has drinks with them. And then as he's actually leaving the bar to <laughs> to go meet his wife, Another couple towards the front of the bar <laughs> stop him and they're like, oh, did we overhear that you're a real estate agent? Because we're we're in the market to buy a new house. So obviously him being the workaholic, he stops and, and talks to them. And that obviously leads to him missing out on dinner with his wife. So he ends up getting home super late and brings her a really expensive present. It's a really expensive watch to try to to try to get her her forgiveness 
and he says, listen, uh, I'll make I'll make it up to you. You, me and the kids will go camping this weekend. No distractions, no work, just you and me and the kids. And then we also get some scenes with him and his kids. We find out his son is like hugely afraid of spiders, which will come into play later in the movie. And if you guys have anything that you want to say, feel free to jump in and stop me anytime. <laughs> Does it seem odd that like they're going to go camping because they don't seem like campers? Yeah, yeah. I was. It really does seem odd that camping is their go-to. I, I listen. I don't want to judge. I don't know too many real. I don't think I know any real estate agents personally. I don't know what they like to do in their free time. But camping doesn't seem to strike me as something that too many real estate agents like to do with their free time. I, I would just think that it's like with being as connected as he is and like cell phone service and stuff like that, it seems like camping, I guess that would be a good escape. It's just, it doesn't strike me. It's like he wants to make it up to his wife and it's like, your wife is the one that wants to go camping. I'm like, yeah. I'm a bit skeptical, but yeah, it seems like know. they'd be more like a five-star hotel type. Uh, yeah. Getaway, like glamping you know? or, or yeah. something, but you know, that, that just kind of hit me. And I'm like, I'm like, I get it. If you want to get away and all that, but it's like, are you telling her what she wants to do or did you ask her bro yeah it's like, that, on, that, Eddie. That, that's what i'm thinking too like i get it in the sense that okay she'll she'll go along with it just because you know it, it's something to to get them away and spend family time together which is really what she wants but yeah it doesn't seem like she really particularly particularly is invested in in camping yeah. more so just just the family time together I had a little flashback there to uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and I'm like, no, they wanted to go camping. Like, they were all about camping. <laughs> you know? Oh, man, that's a movie I have not watched in so many years. <laughs> you guys know who wrote that movie? No. So Stuart Gordon wrote that movie, and he is the um, also yeah. the director and creator of the Reanimators movies oh, like okay. the, the horror movies so it's like i can't believe that Stuart gordon from reanimator created this film <laughs> and that, that brings me to a segue that we haven't gotten into yet derek mears who played jason Voorhees in one of the friday the 13th maybe like two or three of the friday the 13th movies he's in this movie <laughs> oh really yeah yeah he's um i think he's on credit he, he plays like a duelist or something like that like okay. when uh, when we get to that part. Oh, okay, okay. But that's that's just like a little nugget that I came across in my research. Yeah, I mean, I think we're gonna have. Honey, the I Shrunk the Kids was Disney, was it not? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. yep. We're gonna. It came out right around the same time as was it uh, Rescuers Down Under? I think. Yeah, yeah. One and two were really good, and then oh, I I didn't even bother to watch the the direct to VHS <laughs> third movie, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. <laughs> yeah, you're probably better off not losing that. <laughs> Go watch like, I mean that's that's the thing. You could watch the third Halloween Town film and be like, you know what, this is a bit more cohesive and well put together than that third Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Well, I mean, ba based on how I feel about the first Halloween Town film, I don't know if I would agree with that. <laughs> well, it has. Has, it has Judith Hogan in it, so you know April O'Neil herself. So it's like I would, nice. I would, I don't know. I, I guess I'd like it more than that. But. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because I've, I've like I grew up watching Halloween Town. Like I was like the first one came what in '97, so I was like six or seven when that came out. I love Halloween Town. That's James just a fucking hater. 
Yeah, well, I don't, mean, don't even don't don't even get Dave started on on the effects. Okay, <laughs> we haven't even we've never even recorded this episode. We were supposed to record this episode <laughs> last year. <laughs> this is Alex. literally the lost episode, and it's like Dave. All Dave does is complain about like the effects for that. He's like he's like this movie was made in ninety seven or ninety eight, whatever it is. He's like the effects should not be worse than the effects that they used on Hocus Pocus, which was made in ninety three. I'm like come, I'm like that's not even fair. You know. That's what I said because like Hocus Pocus was a theatrical release, whereas Halloween Town was a decom, which is a directed no, TV I, movie. I, I, I don't I don't accept these excuses. These, <laughs> these are excuses and not results. whimsy. It's whimsy. That's <laughs> what I say. So uh, let me tell you when we when we actually do record the Halloween Town episode, which should be soon. It's oh my god, it's going to be a lot of back and forth, which I, I, should I make which should oh, make boy. for a great episode. I, I mean, <laughs> it, it was already back and forth on Hocus Pocus because that was another one that I absolutely hated oh wow you didn't like hocus pocus either that's no what I'm saying. like that's a classic wow no you you should really check out our hocus pocus episode from last year yeah no i i definitely should so so you're not looking forward to uh hocus pocus too huh no absolutely not no i i can't wait for that i can't wait i i just you know hope what they bring back so, uh from erie indiana I, I hope they bring him back oh so like that's a show I totally forgot about. <laughs> and that oh, that was a show that I watched all the time, Erie, Indiana. Yeah. That's on Disney Plus, isn't it? Is it? I'll have I to check know. it out. Yeah, I, th- so, I thought so. It's, it's a show that I had completely <laughs> forgot about until you just you just mentioned it. So it's not like it's that is my superpower. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, my, my, my girlfriend's a little bit younger and she's never watched Hocus Pocus. So when I started wow. getting her to watch it the other day, I, I was watching. I'm like, oh, I love this movie. And like, we got about 20 minutes into it. She's like, I don't see any potential in this. Can we watch something else? I'm like, how dare you? No, this is no, a no. classic. She has a point, and I wish she was on the podcast last. <laughs> she has That's awesome. Point. It's a I'm, classic. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, another episode just with her to review. <laughs> <laughs> That's not petty at all. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> it's just it, 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 focus. If you stuff. if you really want to hear us going back and forth, I'm telling you right now, go <laughs> listen to our reviews of the Descendants movies. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, I I I I think I think, wait. Who I, liked I think it? I, was, I think I, I was way I harsher on Hocus Pocus than I was on the Descendants. Although <laughs> I did trash the Descendants pretty heavily. But I okay. Here's the thing with me is I I still watch. Well, I mean, like before, I I was always watching Family Channel and or Family Channel here in Canada and Disney Channel. Even now to this day, I'll still watch it. But you, I'm mostly on Disney Plus. I still love those movies. I don't care. I'm like a kid. <laughs> I'm a little kid at heart. I love those movies. Like I watch anything and everything that Disney puts out. So I love those Disney those Descendants movies. And uh, yeah, I can't wait till we do Descendants three. <laughs> I think yeah. that's that's going to be the last one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah that that was that was the last one that they did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they'll do another one after um the the young guy has passed. I don't think they'll do another one. I don't think so. They're doing they're doing something. I think they're doing it's, if it's not a fourth, they're doing something. But I think it's going to be animated, so it's not oh. going to be like a, another live oh. action thing. Yeah, because I, I heard Dove Cameron had moved on to like more adult roles. Like she's she's out of kind of like the Disney stuff and she's into like like other stuff. I just saw she was in a Schmigadoon. I don't know what that one is. Yeah, so I that, heard she, of can, that. that's, um, she can uh, she can use more adult roles. I'm OK with that. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's doing um, it's a musical. So it's, oh, okay. it's got was it Keenan 
Keenan Keel and Cecily Strong. And I don't know, who, you know, they're she's from Saturday Night Live and he's from Key and Peel. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, he's he's all over the place now, but yeah, uh, that was yeah. something that came out, I think, about a year ago. Yeah. Wait, uh, Keegan Michael Key, right? That's yes, that's oh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. That guy, that guy's funny. Yeah, he's. I'm, I'm gonna have to check that out. Dove Cameron, awesome. Yeah, Schmigadoon. But yeah, so back back to haunted mansion. So they're playing. Exactly. The, they're playing. <laughs> they're playing this weekend getaway, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Sarah gets a phone call from somebody that wants to talk to her about selling their house. But they specify on the phone call that they want her to come alone. They don't want her to bring bring her husband or anything. And then, of course, Jim, played by Eddie Murphy, overhears the conversation. And because Sarah didn't want to go, Sarah's like, no, I'm, I'm going away with my family. I won't be available to come by this weekend to, to take a look at. And of course, Jim's like, no, no, we'll, we'll, we'll go there. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll go there. Why, why wouldn't we go there? It, it's business. Like, like, so he's like, we'll stop on the way to, on the way to the campgrounds. It'll be 20 minutes tops. <laughs> so they end up going there and they pull up to the haunted mansion and like it just looks completely deserted and of course the kids aren't really thrilled to be there anyways because they they just want to get on the camping trip and you know again the kids really don't seem like they would be that interested in camping (laughs) Same, same with the wife but i think they're just tired of their dad constantly working and being all about business rather than spending time with them Classic Uh, shaggy dog scenario. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So they they enter the house, which they pull up to the gate and the gates lock. So they're going to get back in the car and turn around. But then the gates open up on their own to let them into the driveway to to get into the mansion. So they pull in and they're taking a look around and they see that the house is surrounded by like a graveyard and it's just really spooky and got this eerie feeling to it. So they knock on the door and uh, eventually the door opens and they're greeted by this butler. Shit, why can't I think of the name? I I, I literally just watched. Was that Ezra? I, I literally just watched this movie two, two hours ago. Ramsley. Ramsley. Ramsley yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the butler. Yeah. Yeah. Girl's yeah, yeah. odd. Yes, <laughs> I knew he looked familiar. I couldn't place him. I knew he looked familiar, man. Okay, like, yeah, I loved that... you in. I loved you in. Yes, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so they they enter, and the butler doesn't look too thrilled that the wife didn't come alone because they had specifically left instructions for for her to come alone. Oh, and now my mind is drawn a blank as to what happens next. I I feel like there's something between this scene and the scene where they have dinner and meet the meet the owner of the mansion. But I'm drawn a blank as to what it was. Don't they meet the owner before dinner? Like right after that? I thought. Yeah. Yes, I think. Yeah, I think they meet the they they meet uh, Master Gracie just before dinner. That makes sense because. Mm -hmm. You, you would meet the owner of the house before you have dinner. I just don't remember too much of the scene, but then then they do. I remember I, the one the one thing I remember that about that was Jim went to go shake his hand and he just kind of looked at him and yes. Jim kind of he put out his <laughs> hand again. He's like, he's like, come on, shake my hand, basically. And then uh, he stopped and looked over at, at Jim's wife and was just like, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the one thing I love about Eddie Murphy at this time period 
not just in this movie, but in other movies, is just his, his unnecessary need to repeat his name over throughout the movie. Like, I can't I can't keep track of how many times he just introduced himself. Hey, I'm Jim Evers, Evers. And, Ever, and it just reminded me of his role in I Spy, where he'd constantly say his name. I'm Kelly Robinson. <laughs> yeah, actually, that that might be a thing. I am Prince Akeem. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just such an Eddie Murphy thing <laughs> that I had forgotten about. And then once I watched this movie again and I heard him constantly doing it, I'm like, man, that is that. And I think he does it a lot in Beverly Hills Cop, too, where he constantly introduces himself as Axel Foley. <laughs> but yeah, Ed, not as Mushu, though, right? I mean, dishonor no. on you, dishonor on your family, dishonor on your cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he he definitely doesn't do. He doesn't do. But like, I right, mushu multiple times. No, that one, that one's not. No, I'll 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 give him a break on that one because that one's animated. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does Donkey do it? <laughs> no, Donkey. No, I think it's mostly Shrek that that says Donkey's name over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice boulder. but yeah so so they they sit down for dinner and what was the owner's name again master gracie yeah master gracie hoist gracie is there Um, (laughs) (laughs) he puts there's a huge ufc style mma fight that breaks out all the classics dan severance there Ken Shamrock comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Tito Ortiz. Like, Tito Ortiz. Chuck Liddell. Liddell. Gamers, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he, he's basically. Really? Who else? <laughs> he, he, he's, he's going into his reasons for, for wanting to sell the house. But he's, he's also coming across as kind of sketchy. And again, Jim is doing most of the talking. And at one point, Gracie asks Jim if he believes in ghosts. And of course, Eddie Murphy's character being Eddie Murphy's character, just lying to try to close the deal is like, of course, I believe in ghosts. Yeah, everyone believes in ghosts, <laughs> which we find out later in the movie. Yeah, he doesn't believe in ghosts at all. <laughs> like, he, th- he thinks it's all just a bunch of bullshit. But <laughs> of course, trying to trying to trying to seal the deal is like, yeah, I, I believe in ghosts. So they have dinner and then they during the dinner, the weather starts to turn really bad and it starts to rain and they realize that they're not going to be able to get out of there because the roads are flooded. I I believe it's Ramsley that tells them that the roads are flooded so they can't get out of there to go camping. So they decide that they're going to stay the night until the weather clears up in the morning and they can leave. So Sarah and Jim go to their room and the, the, the kids go to their uh, go to their room. And this is when we start to see like all the sort of supernatural and, and ghosts and spirits kind of starting to appear throughout the house. And so while they're in their room, Sarah and Jim have a fight because, again, Sarah didn't want to be there. And she reluctantly went there just because, you know, Jim had said that it was going to be 20 minutes. And now because of the weather, they're stuck there the entire night. So it becomes a big argument. And Jim says something stupid to the effect of, well, you don't complain when I buy you all the expense. You don't complain about how much I work when I'm buying you all the expensive gifts, at which point she sort of just like takes off the watch that he had given her earlier and hands it back to him and and storms out of the room angrily. And of course, obviously, he's like, Sarah, I'm sorry that I didn't mean that. And of course, she's having none of it. 
And then we we see the kids in their room. And this is when we see the first like ghost. It's like a it's a spirit ball and it's it's not hurting them or anything. It's not being malicious or anything. It's just it's sort of there just just to let them know that it that it's there. And then we see Jim sort of wandering through the house and he wanders into what is it? The library? No, because as he's as he's arguing with well, not arguing, he's trying to, you know, talk to his wife and, you know, say sorry and everything. He yeah. turns around and Ramsley's there and says that um, yes. Master Master Gracie would like to have a word with him in the library. Yeah. So that's why he goes to the library and Master Gracie doesn't show up, if I'm correct. That is correct. And uh, at, at Jim. Jim starts playing around with with everything in, in, in the in the library, because, of course, that's what Jim's going to do. <laughs> and, and so as he's playing around with everything, he notices that, you know, there's a there's a secret bookcase that keeps opening and closing whenever he, he pulls on on something on the desk. So he eventually goes over to the to the hidden bookcase and he, he goes through it and uh, uh, through the opening and then the bookcase shuts on him. And he can't get back out. And, you know, he's screaming for Ransley. He's he's screaming for for Gracie. And of course, no one is coming. And then I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we get a scene with Ramsley and Sarah. Is that the part where he starts trying to hypnotize her? I I think maybe. I think maybe. Oh man. Yeah, I, I really should have taken notes as I was watching it. I figured, you know, Justin, what? Justin, welcome to a professional podcast. <laughs> well, this this is a little bit longer than than some of the other films, I think. Right? This is what like a tight fifty three minute movie. <laughs> what what is it's it's like ninety something minutes, I think. This, yeah, this it's, film, right? It's just a little over an hour and a half, which I mean, yeah. Man, the runtime is uh, 86 minutes. 86, okay. Re- remember the days when movies were like under 90 minutes instead of like two and a half, three hours? <laughs> <laughs> the, the good old days when you could watch an entire movie and, and be home at a reasonable time. Um, Jeez, I mean, like I went and watched Venom uh, when it came out and it was only an hour and a half. And I'm like, this is way too short. <laughs> I've been I, actually being to go see that. I'm actually surprised it's only an hour and a half. You know what it is like? I mean, it is a Marvel movie, but it's also a Sony movie, technically. So fair, you know, fair. Yeah. But so, like I said, I think Ramsley goes to speak to Sarah. But in the meantime, we see a whole bunch of other supernatural stuff going on throughout the house. Oh, I remember what happens. Sarah's wandering through the hallway and she she runs into the maid. The the yes. the ghost yes, maid. Yes, yes. And the maid sees her and the maid sort of runs away, <laughs> runs away from her. And Sarah chases after her. And all of a sudden she the, the maid just vanishes. And Sarah is back in front of like the main staircase that that leads downstairs. And I think that's when when Ramsley shows up. But yeah, there's a there's a whole I bunch it was crazy that shows up. One of them. One, one of them <laughs> shows up. And it kind of gets us to the plot, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. It is Gracie, because as the scenes move along, we see him not in this particular scene, but eventually we see him talking to her and like letting him know about Elizabeth, which was the, the woman that he loved at, at one point many, many years ago. But yeah, so 
there's about what I would say maybe 10, 15 minutes of just sort of scene setting up the supernatural aspect of the house. We see we see Jim trying to find his way through the house and eventually he he finds his way into a room with what like a, a mystical ball and it's got like a spirit's head in it. <laughs> so that is Madame Leota. Madame Leota. Was that was that Jennifer Tilly that played her? I want to say it, that- it was Jennifer Tilly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Madame Leota. And she basically like forces him into a chair and starts spinning him around the room and starts talking about some ancient curse. And he's just trying to get out of there. And he eventually does get out of there. And in the meantime, while that's going on with him, the the kids run into the maid and another butler played by uh, Wallace Shawn, (laughs) who is just so fantastic. My favorite. Yeah, nice. Spot on. Spot on. Oh, I practice that with a lot. <laughs> he's just such an iconic actor. He, he's been in so many things. I mean, I, I, I think I, I think one of my favorite roles uh, of his is of Stewie's half brother, Bertram, in Family. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Stewie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a classic, actually. That was, uh, was that like season one? No, I think it would have been maybe season four. Because it's got like the older, the older style animation. So it's either season one or two. But yeah, that was just so good. And then he comes back like several times. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think eventually Stewie ends up killing him at some point. (laughs) But yeah, so so while Sean is just so, so tremendous in that. And so the, the kids run into run into the 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 butler played by Wall Sean and, and and this maid who I'm sorry I don't know the actress uh, actress that played the played the maid but so they're they're basically like the nice ghosts and they're they're offering the kids cookies to try to show them like don't be afraid of us every everything's okay so the kids are wandering over to grab cookies and then all of a sudden Wall Sean hears something he's like get behind here get behind here and he ushers the kids behind behind a couch i think it is and that's when we see ramsley reappear and ramsley's asking asking the butler and the maid if they'd seen the kids and of course they're both like no no of course not and this is basically where we find out that ramsley has much sinister plans in mind and he's like i i i told that i told her to come alone i'm tired of dealing with her with her husband everything must go according to plan that sort of stuff. So th- it's at this point where we discover that Ramsley is not not a good guy, and and he's out for for evil intentions. So Ramsley Ramsley walks away, and and then the children come back out from hiding. And then, like I said, we see Eddie Murphy escape the room with the with the mystic ball, and he he ends up running into his kids again in in like this staircase. He, he runs into his kids in, in a stairwell and his kids are still with the butler and the maid and the butler and, and his kids are trying to convince him that the butler and the maid are ghosts. And this is where we hear Jim say, come on, no, guys, there's there's no such thing as ghosts. Ghosts aren't real, which, again, go goes against his his earlier statement that he believes in ghosts that he was just trying to say in order to in order to get the get the rights to sell in the house. So. 
Wallace Shawn, his ghost figure just moves down the stairs like in a vapor and goes from the top of the stairs and meets Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy's character, Jim, at the bottom of the stairs. And Jim is still skeptical of, of them being ghosts. And then you see the maid. She comes out of nowhere and and she her vapor attack almost attacks Jim as well as she comes down the stairs. So at this point, he's basically convinced and. That's when he mentions that he had just escaped the the mystic head and the the maid and and butler are like, oh, we have to go see her because she's she's the key to to rescuing your wife. And Eddie Murphy's reluctant to go back there. It's like, no, man, I just got out of that room. I was in a flying chair. And no, I'm not going back there. (laughs) (laughs) Typical, typical Eddie Murphy style. (laughs) (laughs) So reluctantly, reluctantly, they go back there. And so once they go back there, the 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 mystic ball head is telling Eddie Murphy how he can set save his wife and of course it's like a spirit so she's talking in riddles and stuff and she tells him that he has to find a key in an unmarked what is it an unmarked tomb in a mausoleum in in the graveyard and and he doesn't want to do it obviously he's reluctant but she's she's like it's the only way to save your wife and that's when like jennifer tilly's head disappears and she shows Eddie Murphy what's going on between Sarah and and, and Gracie. And sorry, Wallace is Sean's character's name is Ezra. So, yeah, you, you were right earlier, Justin, when you said Ezra, but just for the wrong, wrong character. Oh, yeah. OK. <laughs> they're all kind of interchangeable, you know, ghosts and such. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're both. <laughs> They're both butlers. They're both ghosts. It's interchangeable. And then I believe, I believe Emma was the name of the uh, of the waitress. If I'm seeing the right characters on IMDb here, of the waitress or the uh, maid, the the maid. Sorry. Yeah. And so, so Jen Fertilli's character, her head dissipates. So, so Jim can see the conversation that's happening between Sarah and and and, and Gracie. And that's when Gracie is telling Sarah the story about his lost love, Elizabeth, and how he was supposed to marry her. But on the night of her wedding, she ended up killing herself, which I mean, for 2003, Disney is kind of a pretty dark storyline when you think. Yeah, about it. <laughs> yeah no, you're right. Like we, we again, we were talking off air earlier about sca- like what our scary moments in, in Disney films are like. This is kind of off brand for Disney for 2003. Like y- you would expect it to be a little bit more kid friendly than. Oh, yeah, she killed herself. I, I think she I think they even mentioned that she hung herself uh, yeah. as, as the cause of death. No, no, no. So I think so. The story is that Gr- Gracie's telling the story of not he's not he's not portraying it as as his uh, as that Elizabeth was supposed to be his wife, but that the his grandfather, the original owner of the house, was supposed to be um, supposed to marry Elizabeth. But then she he's, he's saying that she killed herself with poison and that that kind of drove Gracie to or like the, his grandfather to kill himself by hanging himself. Oh, oh that's what. OK. Yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah I mean, but, but very dark. You're, you're right. Yeah, well, it's, it's, I it's think very that's part dark. of what this movie kind of suffers from, too. In, in what sense? Well, it, it's like you said, with, with those sort of things, those sort of like heavy topics and how it's it's handled. It's it's a heavy subject. And usually you wouldn't have like Eddie Murphy in like a comedic yeah. role or something like that with this. 
and all that and, and kind of how they have like Terrence Stamp who is like this huge actor like legendary actor and he's like all super intimidating and stuff like that and there's parts of the movie that really work well and then there's parts of the movies that are kind of like okay and then there's this you yeah. get like an exposition dump or you get like oh well there's this like they really could have you know found like that way to get the plot out like madame leota given the plot was great because it's like okay basically she's going to tell you everything that you need to know yeah which, which was perfect but it's like some of the other things it's like all right this is like a little loose guys like you know at, at least just in my opinion you know i i think it's it was a little loose where it's like oh well she looks like this person it's this i'm like well i just saw that in the mummy returns so i'm <laughs> like yeah i'm like that came out this year as well you know so, yeah, and and that 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 ends up basically being the gist of the whole thing is the fact that Sarah looks like Elizabeth, and there's even a painting of Elizabeth that that looks exactly like Sarah. And that was a cool painting. Yes, yeah, it was. Whoever did the the art on that film did a tremendous job. But but yeah, and just going back to what you said, it it, it is kind of heavy, and like it just kind of goes from. Oh, yeah. So he hung himself. And uh, let's go back to like the joke aspect of the story. We're going to dump like this really heavy scenario on you and then just go back to the jokes with the ghosts. <laughs> it was just it was a, it was a weird spot for it, I think. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, did you guys see the Casper movie? Like, uh, oh, yeah. OK, so here's. Yeah. So, ago, yeah, that's that's a great film. And they kind of handle the heavy subject of like how this kid died and stuff like that, how he became a ghost and all that. And it's like, there's like stinky who's farting and burping and stuff like that. And it's like, they measure it well and they hit you on those high notes. And it, it, like right after knocking you down, they're like, Oh, everything's terrible. Okay. Laughter. You know? And it's like one of those things like that where it's like here, it's kind of like disjointed yes. where it's like, like, Oh, okay. Here's a, here's a note. All right. Now we're going to just stay stable. Okay. Now we're going to go for a joke. It's like, all right, all right. Well, maybe it could have transitioned a little better. Yes. Yeah. And I think yeah. overall, like the acting is pretty decent in this. Yeah, no. And it, and it was, uh, I think, I think the cast worked really, really well together. Obviously we weren't on set, so I don't know how the, how, <laughs> yeah. how the cast actually worked. Oh, you weren't together. there. Oh, I, I mean, surprisingly, no, I was in high school at the time, but, okay. <laughs> um, but I was uh, running a blockbuster video. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's a true story. I was <laughs> my, my best friend in high school would eventually go on to run a blockbuster video before they, uh, ended up all shutting down, <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what their chemistry, what they were like off the set. I don't know how well they got to, got along off the set, but I mean, on film, their chemistry together all seemed to be really, really great. So yeah, so they 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 dropped that bombshell of like the whole story of Elizabeth dying, and then Gracie's. What did you say it was? Josh's grandfather or great uncle? Yeah, it was supposed to. It was supposed to be Grace's grandfather. Yeah, uh, hanging himself. So they jump, drop that on us, and then they go back to the back to the plot of Jim needing to find this 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 tomb in a mausoleum to find a key, which would help save his, save his his wife. So, I bu- I believe it was Ezra and Emma were saying, "Well, we'll ne- we'll never get out of this this house because they won't let us escape." And then Ezra's like, "Well, I have a way out." And then all of a sudden you just see them in like this horse, horse and drawn carriage. Obviously, the, the horses are ghosts and everything. 
And then they're just going, they're going through the, through the graveyard and you're seeing a whole bunch of other, other ghosts in there. Surprisingly, none of the other ghosts are attacking them. You think in a graveyard, there'd at least be a couple of malicious ghosts that would try to uh, attack the horse and buggy, but no, no, all these, all these ghosts seem, seem friendly as can be. Um, like there's absolutely no danger from any of the ghosts on the, on the outside. Once you get to the mausoleum, that's a different story, yeah. but the ghosts but, on the outside. Yeah. All friendly, all friendly, all, all saying hi. Yeah. And what's um, a little tribute to the ride at one point is that you, you see some hitchhiking ghosts that get into the, that get into the hearse with them. And the one ghost is like, they can't see us. And Jim's like, I can see you. And he's like, I think he can see me. He's like, no, he can't. He's human. He can't see you. He's like, I can see all of you. I'm, he's like, and like, that's just, that's a, that's a tribute to, to the ride where there are, there's, there's a section as you're going through the ride where it says, oh, uh, one thing I forgot to warn you is beware of hitchhiking ghosts. <laughs> and then there's a little, there's a little, you'll, you'll see them, you know, with a thumbs out. And then in the next, in the, in the next scene in the ride, as you're going through the ride, there's a, you're in your doom bucky. There's a screen there. It's, it's like a screen. It's like a, it's a mirror as well. You're, you can see yourself and you'll see either one of the hitchhiking ghosts either sitting beside you on top of the, your doom buggy. And there's little visual effects that they'll do, like switch your heads or put the guy's beard on your face. It's really cool. So that was that was a nice little nod to the movie, uh, to the ride. I, I Madame Mule, ma, sorry, go on. I, I was just going to say, I think they could have done a better job of explaining that in the movie, because I mean, obviously people that, that have been on the ride and know it, that's going to be a nice little Easter egg for them. But for somebody like myself who hasn't been on the ride, I'm just like, yeah. what the fuck is the purpose of these ghosts? And why is <laughs> so much screen time? Like, especially after after Jim and the kids leave, you still see like the you still see the camera on these three hitchhiking ghosts for about five to ten seconds afterwards. And it's like I, I'm sitting there, obviously not knowing much about the ride. And I'm sitting there. I'm like. Okay, is there is there a purpose to these three? Like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck's going on? So, yeah. I mean, these guys I, important? Exactly, exactly. So, I, I hear hearing what Josh is saying, I think that's a great Easter egg for for the people in, in, that have been We're on the fans ride. of the ride. Yeah, but I do think if you're making a movie and you're gonna have that in there and you're gonna give them such prominent feature, like it's one thing if if they're just passing by and you and you see them uh, as hitchhikers as they're passing by. But the fact that they gave them speaking roles and then kept the camera on them after Jim and the kids left, I think it makes it really confusing for just the movie audiences that haven't been on the ride. And I think there could have been a little bit more of a better explanation as to who they were and what their importance was. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. But There's I, I you, you were going to say something else, Josh, before I went on that little tangent. So if if you can remember, <laughs> no, I, 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 I remember, I remember. I was going to say there's another couple nods to the ride that that one that we skipped over. Uh, Madame Leota is also mm -hmm. from the ride as well. But, you know, right after they get out of the hearse, you see Jim go to ask these marble busts who are, who are singing about like, where they're going or where this mausoleum is and everything. They, they are also... <laughs> from the ride as well and uh that that's just i i loved seeing that again and i don't know if you guys noticed this and, but and that I, one and, and sorry to cut you off again but i just okay. want to say for me 
I think the I think those little stone thingies that that sing, I think those work better for me than what the ghost hitchhikers did because yeah. you don't really need to know that they're a part of, that they were a part of the ride and that they're a little Easter egg because they still have a role in the in the movie that that makes sense. Like they're just being annoying. Like yeah. Jim is trying to ask for help. And every time he he tries to ask them a question, they cut him off and they start going into a song. So for me, I think those those work better in the movie than what the hitchhikers did. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, no, no. But again, those are another Easter egg from the red. And I don't know if you guys caught this. I don't think it's I don't think it was like it's it's just me reaching here. But the the furthest to the right stone head he looked he resembled Walt Disney a little bit. Oh, that makes I don't sense. know, right? Yeah. I don't I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I, I guess, haven't I mean, read anything about it, but like yeah. I, I I could see to him me doing that. Yeah, I yeah. could see him doing that. I, I didn't I, I, yeah. I wasn't really paying too much attention to their facial features, but I, I I'm gonna have to go back and play that scene and, and take a look. But I can definitely see them trying to do some sort of hitting Walt Disney head. Oh yeah, definitely. I think they definitely buried some of the tombstones that are very famous when you're coming up to the ride. Like here lies Fred, a rock fell on his head, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's there's some of those things that are in there, like that are also nods to the ride. Yes, there's yeah, there's and when you get to the Muppets one. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Boy. I'm sure we'll talk about that after he finishes this plot. So. <laughs> yeah, I feel. I feel like. I feel like we'll talk about that one once Dave actually watches that one. <laughs> probably, we, we'll, probably. we'll have to. We'll have to bring. A, we'll have to bring you back on for that one, there, Justin. <laughs> I watched it twice. It's so good. <laughs> well, well, we already covered the Muppet Christmas Carol, so you don't have to worry about doing that one again, Josh. <laughs> oh, thank <you>, Lord. <laughs> I just uh, saw one of the guys from uh, that show, Ted Lasso, did like a, a a six song medley or something like that live of the Muppet Christmas Carol, like all the songs. Oh, it was wow. just like one beginning all the way to the end and stuff. And I'm like, wow, that was really great. I would totally want to see somebody do that. live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, me too, actually, because I I love I love the songs from from Muppet Christmas Carol, especially the one that fucking Jeff Katzenberg cut from the final movie. <laughs> I don't know what is oh going on God. with that, but they're like, oh, it's too sad for children. I'm like, well, it's on the DVD. It was on the VHS that I had, you know, like, yeah, that's that's a whole other rant, isn't it? Well, oh, God, yeah. don't even get me started on that. And then you find out that Jeffrey Katzenberg wanted to cut part of your world from a little mermaid because he didn't think that worked in the film either. what yeah yeah oh yeah Yeah. you should you should go listen to to that episode it's was it the howard documentary or they they mentioned it they mentioned it on both howard and waking sleeping beauty which both documentaries can be found on disney Disney plus Plus. but yeah so (laughs) like jeffrey katzenberg wanted to cut part of your world from a from little mermaid because when they were when they were doing the screen test for a bunch of school kids he felt that the school kids weren't weren't reacting to the song the way he felt that they should be reacting and everybody fought him on it including the including the lyricist howard ashman and even the animators were like no this is going to work once the final product is is put together you have to just have faith in it and and katzenberg was going to cut it and howard ashman again the lyricist was like I will choke you if you if you cut this movie from the film. I will choke you. I that was that you. was a Lasseter film too, though, wasn't it? 
Wow. Like John Lasseter had a hand in that one as well. I can't remember. I think I thought that was that was the first one that like like when you talk about like the Disney Renaissance and all that, that was the point where it happened because it was right after you, you come off of Oliver and Company and you yeah. come off of Great yeah. Mouse Detective, yeah. which, you know, like visually there's no comparison no. where you're like, oh, this looks like Disney, but it's like this is way up here. So it was, it was just like that whole thing. And I thought like John Lasseter was either a producer or something on that. I think John Lasseter came in after, but Did he? I could be wrong. Because I know he was one of the driving forces and all that in, in a lot of this stuff. When did he? Yeah, because he was originally with Disney and then I think he left and then he came back. Yeah, he was originally with Disney in 79 and then he went to Lucasfilm. I'm just trying to find the year he went to Lucasfilm, but I can't find the date on that. So he's he's responsible for the uh, the attack on Endor, <laughs> and the Ewok adventure, and yeah, yeah, it's quite possibly it could be. Yeah, it's, I, I, uh, he, total uh, guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah, <laughs> he returned to Disney in 2006. It's just I'm trying. To oh, okay. So he was gone at that point. I think so. I wow. think. Yeah, because I think he was there from 79 till because I I think they bring him up in Wake and Sleeping Beauty too. I think he was there from 79 to 80 83. I think he left while they were working on Cauldron. And, oh wow. Uh, yeah. And then he came back after. So he would have briefly crossed over with with uh, Tim Burton then. So yes. yeah, since, yeah, uh, yeah. Fox and Hound. So yeah. Okay. But yeah, Kat, Katzenberg cutting tried to cut part of your world. Cut Bell's song from from Muppets Christmas Carol, which I think is like the heart of the that song is the heart of that movie, because <laughs> that's that's the song that that breaks Ebenezer Scrooge's heart. And, and that's that's what makes him Scrooge like he loses the love of his life and he kind of has that much more impact when Michael Caine sees it, you know, as an older man. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, with you. So, man. I, I, I could go on rant for hours about Jeffrey Katzenberg and the and the stupid shit he did. But, but we're going to get back to Haunted Mansion. That's good. I didn't know any of that stuff. So just consider that you just educated me. So. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to check out Waking Sleeping Beauty and Howard. There's a bunch of awesome, awesome tidbits on there, including some stuff about the songwriting process for Aladdin, which I won't get into now. I've mentioned on a bunch of other shows, but yeah, once cool. once you find find out some of the stuff about the songwriting process on Aladdin and, and how heartbreaking it is, like it totally changes your perspective on these like crazy upbeat songs. Can I can I still like them? You can. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, OK. <laughs> I, 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 I think I think it's actually going to give you a greater appreciation for the songs once you once you hear about the songwriting process. And just the fact that these songs turned out to be so amazing and upbeat, given what was going on, I think you're going to have a, a bigger appreciation for for the songs afterwards. Great. That's that's great, because I I happen to love that film. So, yeah, yeah. And it's it's one that we're going to still have to cover at one point. But so Jim and the kids are in the in the graveyard and they finally make it to the mausoleum. And Jim wants to go in with with his kids because, you know, he doesn't want to leave kids alone in, in a graveyard. But as brought up earlier in the film, his son is kind of afraid and and he doesn't want to go in there because he's creeped out by it. And so he so Jim tells his daughter, uh, I think her name's Megan, 
and he, he tells her to to stay with her brother while he goes down into the in, into the mausoleum. So he's going down and as as he gets to the bottom, he's trying to remember what it is the the head told him to look for. And that's when his daughter comes running down the stairs and reminds him. And she's like, and he's like, you're supposed to be watching your brother. And she's like, yeah, but you're going to need my help, essentially. (laughs) And (laughs) she she knew she knew he was going to be going to forget things and and just be lost. So she knew he was going to need some help. So she came to save the day. So they end up going into the crypt, into the mausoleum, and they find they find the tomb, this unmarked tomb with no name. And they open it up, and obviously there's like a I don't want to say I, I think mummy is wrong is the wrong word, but I also think zombie is the wrong word. But there's like a obviously there's a dead skeleton in there in, in the casket, obviously. And then so Eddie Murphy takes the key, which is which the skeleton is holding on to, and he's like, Oh, that was easy. So him and so him and his daughter start to leave, and that's when the that's when the skeleton comes to life. And Eddie Murphy drops the key into the into the mausoleum water. And so he's trying to fight off this this zombie skeleton while his daughter is looking for the key. So he he eventually fights off the zombie skeleton. He takes he takes the torch that he's holding on to and swings it like a baseball bat and knocks its head off. And then it goes flying over over the bridge and into the water. And he's like. Honey, don't worry about it. Take your time. Everything's under control up here. <laughs> no need to hurry. And of course, after he says that, then all the other caskets in the mausoleum start to open up <laughs> yeah. with the skeletons coming to life. <laughs> and he's like, honey, I think you're going to have to hurry to find that key. <laughs> so she finds the key and they're trying to attack her in the water. And Eddie Murphy eventually picks her up and lifts her out of the water. And they're running up the mausoleum to try to get away. As they get to the top, the door closes on them. And so they're trying to they're trying to holler at Jim's son to to open the door. And as he goes to open the door, a bunch of spiders start crawling over the door. And spiders is his big fear. That's the thing that we learned at the beginning of the movie is spiders is like his biggest fear. So he didn't want to do it. And he was hesitant. And of course, they're pleading with him to open the door. And as they're pleading with him, the zombie skeletons are getting closer and closer to them, climbing the stairs. So eventually his son faces his fear and opens the door and lets them out. And they shut the door on the zombie skeletons. Of course, as is is typical in a lot of movies uh, about ghosts and, and stuff, one of the zombies manages to hold the door open. But Eddie Murphy just slams his his uh, slams the door on the on the zombie's arm and it breaks off, falls to the ground, and he's able to close the door and lock everybody inside. Yeah. So with this scene, this is what I was talking about before off the air when when Justin you asked like what is our what is like a favorite you know horror slash Disney or uh, Disney horror and like this is when I was watching this movie this particular scene I'm like this is a kids movie. If I was a kid watching this, I would have been scared shitless when this fucking thing came out. I mean, like I was 13 when this came out. But like if I was younger and this came out, like watching, I'm like, what the hell? I probably would have been scared. All these zombies and stuff chasing them like that actually was like a frightening scene. Yep. 
I yeah. agree. I, absolutely. It, and um, I, th- I think it's actually one of the better scenes that works in the film. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a fantastic scene. It's a great scene. Yeah. It was just, I was shocked to see that level of scary, if you will, in, in a Disney movie, especially off of a ride. I mean, like, yeah, I know yeah. it's called the Haunted Mansion, but at the same time, if you've been on the Haunted Mansion, it's not, it's not scary. It's, it's a great ride. It's a classic ride. But again, like to see that type of scary inside of a movie, I'm like, whoa, what's going it, on? It does have well, moments uh, too. Yeah. yeah. And, and like a, the ride. Yeah. Especially, especially a, a Disney movie that's aimed for kids. You don't expect this sort of scene to show up. Yeah, no, I did not expect that at all. I was just like, okay. It, and that's go. the thing too. I think at this time, right? Like viewing habits of kids kind of changed in 2003 where you're going mm. from the point where it's like, Oh, you just sit the kids down and put a tape in and all that. That's kind of where it was, but then stuff was kind of changing because it's like, all right, now we have the internet and like Nick jr. And stuff like that. Like things were definitely changing. I wonder about this, that if this was meant to be more of a watch with the family sort of film, like a magical world of Disney would be where everybody kind of sits down and watches it. So instead of just like pop the tape in and let the kids watch it. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely not a pop the tape in and let the kids watch it because then they're up all night having nightmares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those skeletons are going to get me. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. But yeah, de- definitely, definitely not a type of scene that I, I would expect to see in a, in a Disney film, which is aimed at, at families. Maybe something like a national treasure or something like that, which is more live action and geared towards adults, but not, mm. not a family based movie. At this point, we're a year away from them making that one. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so they, they escape and they go back to Madame Leota and she's like, okay, well, now you have to take the key and open this trunk. And he's like, wait, you didn't tell me about no trunk. You just said I needed the key to keep it save my life. And so, and again, typical Eddie Murphy comedy. And I, I would imagine some improv in there for, as well from, from Eddie Murphy. And Oh, yeah, that would not surprise me at all. So at, the, at this, is it at this point or was it earlier when he just completely stole Madame Leota from, from the room and just started carrying her around with him? I think it was at this point, right? Yeah, because because uh, he says he finds he he brings back the key back to Madame Leota and uh, she's like, back OK, and, yeah, 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 back to the room. And then she starts going off. She's like, now you must find a trunk. He's like, you didn't tell me how to find no trunk. You told me all I had to find was the key. I found the key. Now you're talking about a trunk. What is going on? Right. So that at that spot point, on <laughs> at that point is when is when he picks her up and starts bringing her with them in, until they find the trunk and everything. Yeah, yeah, and she's she's trying to tell him like, put me down, put me down, <laughs> and like I think at one point she says she feels sick or motion sick. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> so so she, he takes he he takes Madame Madame Leota with with them from now on, and so they go back to the trunk, and she she gives him basically the next clue as he opens the trunk, and she's like, look for look for something that is red. And I can't remember, remember the rest of the remember the rest of the poem clue that she gives him. But he goes through the trunk and he finds a red envelope. And inside the envelope is a letter from Elizabeth uh, from Elizabeth talking about how she's excited to to get married to to Gracie and how she plans on saying I do and everything. And then that's when Ramsley reappears and basically admits to Eddie Murphy and the kids that he was the one that killed Elizabeth because 
he couldn't allow Gracie, the master, yeah, master Gracie, to be with her. I can't remember if it was that, if a reason was ever given as to why he didn't want Elizabeth to be with with Master Gracie. I, I don't know if there was a reason as to why he didn't want her to be with him, but he but the reason why he killed her was also was because Master Gracie was also talking about giving up everything, all of his fortune and everything to be a part just to, you know, be able to marry yeah, Elizabeth be because her. he was in love with her. Yeah. I mean, there there are some underlying layers that you can maybe read into there, given the given the time period that Master Gracie and, and Elizabeth were were together, considering mm-hmm. that Elizabeth would have been a black woman and Mr. and Master Gracie was white. So, I mean, you can without them coming out right and saying it in the movie, you can sort of analyze it. And, and that's a good pickup. Yeah. Yeah. And, and take away the layers that one of the reasons might be because of that that inter inter race marriage. But again, they don't come outright and say it. That's just something that I'm I'm assuming based on the on the time period that they would have been in. That makes sense as to why Ramsley wouldn't want them to be together. Yeah, I know. that's a good pick. So Ram- Ramsley is basically telling them, well, now now Master Racy is going to marry Sarah because Sarah is basically like the reincarnation of, of Elizabeth. And then they're going to be together and then he can find the, the house and and all the spirits and everything that are still in the house can leave the house as well, because it's basic. It's essentially like Gracie's love for Elizabeth that's keeping them in the house and preventing them from moving on into the afterlife. And so Ram, basically Ramsley's Ramsley's plan is that if, you know, Gracie marries Sarah, then everything will be fine and they'll move on to the afterlife. And I mean, I guess fuck Eddie Murphy and the kids, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, as long as long as the ghosts are happy, fuck Jim and the kids. <laughs> so yeah, it's also that point where Ramsley kidnaps the kids and puts them inside the trunk. Yes. Right. And then um, he basically tries to get rid of Jim by throwing him out the window. Yes. Yes. This 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 is a plot. This is this is a this is an issue that I have with this scene, right? right. So Go for it. Jim Jim tries to attack Ramsley, right? And yeah. obviously, because Ramsley is a ghost, Eddie Murphy's hand just punches right through him, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just vapor, which I get. He's a ghost, but then Ramsley picks up Eddie Murphy. So okay, you can you can you can sort of put aside logic here and, and go you know, go into the world of make-believe and say, okay, Ramsley can choose as a ghost. Ramsley can choose when he's uh, a solid form and when he's basically a vapor form. I, I can get into that. Right. But then as ben, he has, didn't you see ghosts with Patrick Swayze, <laughs> uh, I don't remember. I've seen it a long yeah. time ago. I like he remember. had to concentrate. So, so most of the time he goes through stuff, but he can affect the physical world if he like concentrates and all that. And, and like the creepy guy on the train taught him how to do that. And like, yeah, it becomes a big plot point. The movie ghost. Okay. I don't remember, but when- I, I, I just have that song playing in my head right now for my movie. <laughs> Un- Melody, great song. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I I don't remember that film when he when he is able to control himself and, and he can physically interact with the real world. Can other people still interact with him or do they still go through him? They would still go through him except for the parts that he is affecting them. So oh, it's it's okay. like it's like stripper rules where it's like <laughs> they can touch you, but you can't touch them. 
And welcome, welcome to the Ocho and yeah. Disney podcast where we talk about strippers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so they can touch you, you can't thank, touch them. Thank God we put a freaking disclaimer on this. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, that that then sort of ruins my rant because I was gonna say at one point he he lifts Eddie Murphy up as he's gonna throw him through the window out the house, and Eddie Murphy goes to goes to strike him again. And of course, Eddie Murphy completely misses and and the punch just goes to the vapor. And what I was going to rant about is if is if Ramsley can physically alter his being to become vapor and and and, and like real material. I, I what I feel is that as he's holding Eddie Murphy, obviously he would be a solid, uh, a solid material. And I, I feel like Eddie Murphy should have been able to punch him without it going into vapor. But based on what you said on on the movie Ghost. This scene coincides with ghost laws, so I will I will let it. It's slide. a touchstone picture, so it's it's in the same universe. Okay, so so I will let it slide, and 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 I will recant my rant. But <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, depending on the mythology too, it's like you know, ghosts can be affected by like certain things, you know. So if if it was like I don't know, iron or or like salt or something like that. Maybe that would work, but he didn't really have anything like that. Yeah, no, he just he just had his he just had his fists, which would have worked for for Axel Foley, but he wasn't Axel Foley in this movie. <laughs> that, that's a good point. It would have worked. <laughs> so Ramsley throws him through a window to the outside, and as Jim is getting getting up. All the windows and everything close and all the doors close. So basically preventing Jim from from getting back in. And as as Jim is on the outside trying to find a way to get back in, that's when we see Ramsley with Sarah. And he's basically telling Sarah everything that's going on and basically saying that you will you will take uh, Master Gracie as your husband. And she's like, well, I love Jim. So, no, I won't. And, and then he shows her that her children are in danger, like locked up in the trunk and basically threatens her by harming her children if she doesn't go through with with this plan. And on the meantime, we still see Jim on the outside. And at this point, he's sort of given up and we see Madame Leota next to him. And she's basically telling him, well, if you haven't found a way in, try finding another way in. So <laughs> he puts Madame Leota in. He goes into the car and he puts Madame Leota in there and he, he, of course, buckles her up (laughs) like this giant mystic ball he he puts in in the in the seatbelt. And he basically just rams his car up through the up through the mansion and (laughs) the air, the airbag deploys on Madame Leota, which is kind of funny. Um, (laughs) And then we see Sarah being prepared for for a marriage to Master Gracie and Master Gracie can tell something is off like Sarah is crying and Ramsley tries to convince him that it's tears of joy because Master Creep. Yeah, yeah, he really is. <laughs> he really is. And Matt, because I think earlier Master Gracie had had his doubts that Sarah was actually a reincarnation of Elizabeth. But Ramsley was like trying to reassure him, no, this is Elizabeth. This is a reincarnation of, of Elizabeth. Everything will be fine. So Ramsley is performing the ceremony 
And Sarah is obviously there reluctantly because her children are in danger. And Jim is trying to get to her. But first he goes for the kids. I don't know why he wouldn't just rescue Sarah first, <laughs> get the kids after. But so he rescues the kids. And as he's rescuing the kids, he's fighting like all these knights in armor that have come alive that were basically originally just statues adorning the hallway. But now they've come alive and started attacking them. He fights them off and then he grabs uh, grabs an axe from one of them after he defeats them and cuts open the cuts open the trunk, frees the kids. And then he goes to rescue Sarah. And un unbeknownst to Jim at this point, Sarah had drank some poison that Ramsley had given her. And so he, he's trying to rescue Sarah. And of course, Gracie is there. And he's, you know, he's trying to fight off Eddie Murphy now because now he's convinced that Sarah is actually Elizabeth and he's not going to let Eddie Murphy stop him from from marrying her so he can he can escape and live his ghost life happily ever after. That's when Eddie Murphy's like, fine, just stop. Give me a minute if you want to kill me. Fine. But at least let me let me show you this letter that I have from Elizabeth. And that's when Eddie Murphy reads the letter and then it's finally revealed to Gracie that Ramsley had had killed Elizabeth. And again, Gracie or sorry, again, Ramsley reiterates to Gracie that he didn't want Gracie and Elizabeth to, to be together, that they shouldn't have been together. And so, fuck, I'm having trouble remembering the final scene. But at some point, like this fire dragon thing attacks Ramsley and starts to drag him down into hell. And then as he's, oh, there's a kitty cat. Yeah, he, he's uh, compelled by the plot. He wants <laughs> to hear what happens. <laughs> he looks absolutely enthralled by it. <laughs> yep. um, so this this fire dragon grabs grabs Ramsley and starts to drag him into this this fiery pit of hell. And as as he does so, Ramsley grabs Jim and tries to drag him with him. And so Ramsley's holding on to Jim, but then Gracie comes to rescue Jim and give him help and lift him out of the hole as as Ramsley gets dragged down. And then once Ramsley is dragged down, the hole closes and everybody else is safe. And Sarah collapses because she had drank the poison. And then at that point, the spirit ball, the ghost ball that the kids had seen earlier in their room inhabits Sarah's body. And that's when we find out that the ghost ball was actually the spirit of Elizabeth. And she had been trapped in that mansion, too. So she takes over Sarah's body for a couple of minutes, basically just to tell Gracie everything that she wants to tell him. And then she she. She lets go of Sarah's body and Elizabeth's ghost form forms and Sarah comes back too. And then Gracie and Elizabeth end up together and they get floated up into heaven. And then you see Emma and Ezra, the, the maiden butler, they come out and they're like, wait for us, wait for us. Don't leave us behind. And Emma has like two or three suitcases with her. <laughs> and Ezra's like, you don't need all of that. She's like, you don't know what I need. <laughs> <laughs> so they they end up going up to heaven as well. I forget what happens to Madame Leota. I wasn't really paying too much attention at that point. But everyone, every, uh, Ramsley gets dragged into hell. Everyone else, all the ghosts get released. Before, before Gracie goes up to heaven, he gives Jim the deed to the house and says, the house is now yours. You can do with it whatever you want. You can live here. You can sell it. You can do whatever. But the deed is now yours. 
basically thank you for helping me and and thank you for reuniting me with Elizabeth. So it's a happy ending, a happy ending for everybody. And I think one, that- one, of, one, of, one of my favorite things at the end there, because as Gracie and um, Elizabeth, they grab onto each other and they're floating up to heaven. Ezra and Emma yeah. start running. And Emma's like, wait for us. Yeah away for us and Nezra's like what are you doing with all this stuff she's like that's my things I'm taking it with me he's like you can't take them with you she's like the hell I can't <laughs> watch me yeah I, I that interaction between Ezra and Emma was was fantastic and I think that's pretty much where the movie ends I can't remember if there's another scene with with Jim and Sarah after that there might have been I can't really remember but that's essentially the end of the movie so with that gentlemen We'll, we'll we'll start with Justin. Thoughts thoughts on the haunted mansion. Good climax. You know, it's 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 kind of messy for me as like in terms of like plot. And I would have liked more for it to go based on the ride or anything and kind of like tie more things back to the ride. Mm. But like you make a really good point that if you've never been on the ride or anything like that, you know, the looser the better than when it comes with that. So I, I get like why they did it. For me, it's I. I like the first time I went to Disney was like in 1987. So it's like, I'm like, I I've been on the ride several times. I've seen like the changes and stuff like that. So it's like, I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that tied in great cast, really good climax to the movie, like pretty decent ending. It's a fun watch. It, it, is it a perennial classic? I'm not sure. Cause I, I think it is a bit messy and a bit muddled and it, it doesn't really deliver on every note that you'd want for a movie like this. And some of the, sometimes the heavy stuff is too heavy. But other than that, I mean, it's it's a decent watch. If, if you were going to give it a rating out of 10, what would you give it? Out of 10, it would be probably like a four and a half or five. Ooh, ooh okay. Yeah. I was expecting a little bit higher, but okay. Okay. And Josh, what about you? Final thoughts on Just the for film? rewatchability, you know? <laughs> <laughs> final, final, um, final thoughts on the film and rating from you, Josh. Honestly, I it's it's... God, this movie is what almost twenty years old now, yeah. and I haven't yep. I haven't watched it in <laughs> probably at least 10, 15 years since I've watched this movie. So, uh, like, I was pleasantly surprised with some of the not uh, some of the effects and some of the scenes that I've like. You know, we've talked about. I'm like, I was not expecting this to be in this type of kids movie. I I liked it. I really did like it. There were again. There were some, a few nods to the rides and everything, and I, I did like those things. So I think I would give this one a solid seven. Okay, uh, I'm 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 with you in the in the sense that it's been a long time since I've watched it, Josh. Like I honestly haven't watched it since I was since it was in theaters. I went to see it with Brandon, and that was pro- so. Yeah, it's been 18 years since I saw it, oh, and. Wow. I, I really didn't remember too much of it. I remember at the time I saw it in theaters, I thought it was an okay movie, but it really didn't didn't grab me. And I think that mainly was probably because this was around the time that Eddie Murphy was also doing movies like I Spy and Shrek. And I just Pluto Nash. That, well, I didn't watch Pluto Nash, but yeah, Pluto Nash as well came out around that time. So I just felt like at the time, based on the other Eddie Murphy movies that that I was watching because I was a huge Eddie Murphy fan back in the day. Still am. I just thought that this was a fairly weak Eddie Murphy movie. So I remember at the time just not really liking the movie overall. But with the rewatch, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it it was a lot better than I than I had remembered it being. 
Man, I, I think, I think I'm going to go with with six and a half because, as Justin says, I don't know how much rewatchability this has. Like maybe once a year at Halloween time, which I mean, obviously, this is a film made for Halloween, but it's it. There are some Halloween movies or some seasonal movies that you can sit down and enjoy throughout the year, even if if it's not in season. I just don't see this as one of them. I don't think I could sit down in like, I don't know, April on a on a day in April if I'm bored and home alone and I'm off work. I don't think this is a movie that I would go to if I if I want to watch something. So, yeah, the rewatchability not there for me. So I, I think I'm going to have to give it a, a six and a half. But it was definitely a lot better than than I had remembered when I originally saw it. But Justin, I, I want to thank you for reaching out and coming on. I we've had a blast talking to you today. So yeah, you, no, this was awesome. You, you you have an open invite to to come on. So if there's a topic or oh, movie cool. that you you want to talk about, just message us on on Twitter. Let us know, and when we cover that topic, we'll we'll certainly have you on. Yeah. Oh heck yeah! Thanks. This was a lot of fun, and I learned so much from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Now, I, I got I got a few little things before we go. One, one of the things about this now, I don't know if you guys knows this, but there is a remake of this movie being a reboot, should I say, that uh, is going to be happening. It was announced actually to in July of 2010. It was announced that they were going to be doing a reboot and the it was in development with Guillermo del Toro as the writer and producer. Wow. Uh, yeah, that would have been awesome. But unfortunately, he has left that project now. He left it in 2013. But in August of 2020, uh, it was announced that writer Katie Dippold would write a new screenplay and that Dan Lin and Jonathan Eirich would co-produce. In April of 2021, this year, Justin Seaman signed on as director. The project will be a joint production between Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures and Rideback. In July of 2021, details emerged with the premise focusing on a single mom named Gabby and her son purchasing the estate and hiring a tour guide, a psychic, a priest, and a historian to help exercise the ghosts. Tiffany Haddish and Lakeith Stanfield entered the negotiations for the roles of the psychic and the tour guide characters, respectively. On September 1st, 2021, it was announced that not only were Haddish and Stanfield officially cast, but the production would begin next month under the working title Joyride, and shortly afterwards, Owen Wilson and Rosario Dawson have also joined the cast. What? Rosario Dawson? Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. And But back to this movie, I know, Justin, you're going to know what this is, but Dave, do you know what a hidden Mickey is? Yep, that's when they they hide images of Mickey throughout a film. Yeah, well, it's not just about throughout a film; it's throughout you know and stuff and everything like that. Too. Yeah, it's 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 mostly like within the parks about the hidden Mickey's. Yeah. But there is five hidden Mickey's in this movie. Wow. Yeah, the most notable ones being the padlock at the mansion's gates, the second when an, when an executioner's axe nearly hits Jim, and a third which is briefly seen when Ramsley pours the poison into the goblet of wine during the wedding. And then two other hidden Mickeys are the couch in the library and the windows on the doors. Jim passes when he flees Madame Leota's chamber with a ghostly musical band chasing him. Before I leaving saw the window, yeah. Yeah. Little little tidbits that I that I caught and that I, I found out before we did this, did a little research. But yeah. So again, Justin, I, I want to thank you for, for joining us once again. Guys, go go follow Justin Cooper. You can find him 
on Twitter at jcoopstergold. Be sure you're listening to his podcasts, Epic Tales from the Sewers, which is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle podcast, as well as Geek Life HQ. Geek Life does have a does have a Twitter as well. It's at Geek Life HQ. Does the TMNT podcast have a have its own Twitter account? I have. It might be the fan. Fantastic podcast. I'll have to get back to you on that one. I don't really know what it is. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't have its own separate one. Fair. But but be sure, be sure you're following Justin and be sure you're checking out his podcast. And of course, be sure you're following us as well. You can find us on Twitter at Ocho Ortiz Disney, Instagram at Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod, and Facebook at Ocho or sorry, Facebook.com slash Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod. You can also find the show on most major podcasting platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and our main source of uploading is Podbean, Ocho and Ortiz, DisneyPod.Podbean.com. And of course, if you want to become our patron on Patreon, you can do so by going to Patreon.com slash Ocho and Ortiz Disney Pod. And you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Ocho and Ortiz Disney podcast on YouTube if you want to watch the video portions of these podcasts. Having said that, Justin, Josh, any final words before we go this week? Justin, have fun at Disney. (laughs) (laughs) I will. Uh, Yeah, I just want to say thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. This was one was really fun to do. And we will be back next time with a Halloween classic halloween town yeah uh one that i'm gonna just absolutely shit on the entire time (laughs) but (laughs) having said that guys as usual whether you're listening or watching this in the morning the afternoon the evening whatever time of day it is where you are when you're watching or listening to this we thank you for watching or listening to this we appreciate you watching or listening to this and we will talk to you guys again very very soon bye-bye see ya bye